Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast with Craig, Vince, and Scott. How are you guys, how are you guys doing today? Hey, guys. Doing great, Craig. Doing, good. doing well. How are you? How are you, Scotty? Very well. All right. Awesome. Are you with Chad right now? Scott? Um, he's not with me. I don't know. I don't know where he is. Summertime. He's a busy man. Lots of, lots of festivals. Lots of church festivals. Lots of music festivals. Keeps the man busy. Wrestling. Random wrestling events. Oh. Random yeah. corner bars. Catch them anywhere. Anyway, of course, out at AmFam Field as well, I'm sure, in the cheap seats. So, all right. Um, the Brewers wrapped up a week. They took the first part of their homestand, the first seven games, two of three in San Diego against the Padres, and also they split in St. Louis, so finished four and three on the week. I feel with the injuries that are popping up, that was a pretty successful week overall. What were guys' thoughts on, uh, obviously, right before today's taping, I think it was a huge win against the Cardinals and big 8 nothing win when Bruce finally gave some run support for, for a great outing from Corbin Burns. So it was a huge win. I think that a loss coming out of St. Out of St. Louis would have been pretty big. So I believe we're still four and a half games. Is that correct? Uh, ahead of the Cardinals as we leave St. Louis. I think that was pretty huge. Yeah, I, I agree. It was pretty big. You know, I think that one thing it does put to rest a little bit, at least, is the idea that the Brewers can't play uh, well against good teams. You know, the Brewers early schedule through no fault of their own has been playing a lot of, you know, teams that are on the back end of the of the league uh, in, in April and throughout May. But yeah, both San Diego and St. Louis are obviously very good teams, uh, very talented and deep teams. So I think that, um, you know, to be able to, to win the series in San Diego and at least salvage the series in St. Louis should hopefully give the team a little bit of confidence moving forward that they can play against anybody. Yeah. Especially being on the road like that. Um, I mean, these were, like you were saying, we had some injuries, obviously we had to do it without Peralta, without Adamus. And um, yeah, we were able to scrape by with, to get enough runs to get a couple wins out of it. Four and three on the road against two good teams. Can't complain. Yeah, and I stand corrected. We're coming into uh, um, the end of the weekend here. We're actually three and a half games ahead of the Cardinals after the win. So, obviously, if we would have lost, they would have been a game and a half back breathing on our neck. So, I'd like to have a little bit of that breathing room as we hit the summer months here. And the Brewers are going to have to traverse some injuries here. Um, so, let's start with – let's start off first by, unfortunately, mentioning that our non-sourced TC – or T. Carter, we'll call him – um, no, it's it's Tom. You're talking about Tom Carter, thanks. Sure, the guy who yeah. gives us all the information. Well, no, yeah. Tom C would have been good. Well, unfortunately, okay, he, we can go with that. That's fine. We're so, rarely, we're not... rarely wrong. But he he was thinking that uh, Frey Peralta may not have to have too long of an IL stint initially, but that unfortunately the Brewers' fears have been kind of realized, and Craig Council has announced that. Frey Peralta will be out for a significant amount of time. What that means, I don't know, but I think that means more months than weeks, unfortunately. And I think the Brewers' guarding rotation depth is going to be about to be tested right now as we hit the summer. And uh, 
we shall see. Um, I guess, uh, what are your overall thoughts on how the Brewers are going to be able to cover for the loss of Freddie Peralta? I should mention that as of this taping, breaking news that Ethan Small will be called up to make his major league debut against the Cubs uh, during a doubleheader at Wrigley this on, on Memorial Day, so which is tomorrow. And so that's pretty big news, whether or not he sticks as a member of the rotation, or I guess he's really just filling in as a sixth starter um, because of the doubleheader potentially. But um, but what are your overall thoughts on uh, the Brewers' rotation going forward, uh, Sands, Freddie Peralta? Well, and, and just really quick, I think that uh, Craig's initial, Craig Council's initial comments uh, have Freddie being out until August. I mean, that's quite you know, a long amount of time, obviously a lot can change between now and August. So um, Brewers uh, starting rotation depth definitely is going to be tested and it's going to be really interesting to watch whether or not the team sticks with a younger guy like even small, who, uh, as you said, Craig is going to be called up for one of the games of the doubleheader in Chicago tomorrow, uh, or if the Brewers go and try to find a starter, whether that's a, you know, back of the rotation kind of veteran type or try to get somebody in at the deadline, maybe even a bigger name. I don't, I don't know which direction, obviously, the team is going to go uh, since the team hasn't been home and we haven't used our press passes uh, this week. But I think that um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. And also, we, we should point out that Brandon Woodruff suffered a bit of an ankle injury. So we really don't know the full scope of at this point. Hopefully, he is able to make his uh, next start as well. Yeah, that is going to make it very tricky because, yeah, then obviously we have two or five out, at least for one turn through the rotation. And like you said, Peralta, it's going to be a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I look at, you know, teams like the Dodgers that uh, they were probably one of the only other teams that could brag about having the same, if not uh, even better amount of depth when it came to their starting rotation. And they're trying to cobble together a rotation at this point too. So, I mean, it kind of goes to show like, obviously depth is extremely important and yeah, I mean, it used to be a thing where if you got four people, like four good starters in a rotation and then now oh, your fifth starter, you know, you throw them out there every so often, see what happens. And uh, it'll be like a learning experience for them. And uh turns out, you really almost need seven now. I mean, that's just the way it is, especially the way that um, the Brewers kind of keep their pitch counts under wraps and make sure that they're not pitching too much, throwing too many pitches. So, yeah, it's got to be done, I guess. It's been interesting. Well, this and this, I guess, is kind of the reason why you have that depth. I don't think that any team in baseball um, goes into a, a season expecting that there's not going to be injuries on their pitching staff, kind of like you alluded to, Scotty. I, I, I think that the Brewers must have been planning for this. It's why you've got, you know, a guy like Ashby essentially as a as a spot starter, a six starter going into the season uh, because you know that he's at least uh, he's got the talent and the capability of stepping up when needed. Uh, but you know, even even Ashby is certainly going to be tested now, and let's just hope that uh, there's not going to be any other injuries, um, you know, going forward. But um, you know, also also thankful about Eric Lauer stepping up as much as he has this year, and and we mentioned it before, but thankful that you know when you're fifth starter going into the season with Adrian Hauser that's a that's a pretty good thing um so yeah it'll it'll be very interesting to see what happens here in the next few weeks yeah you guys have a great point so obviously the the depth of your starting rotation is very important especially for a contending team and everyone knows the old baseball adage that you can never have too much pitching I think that really is true of starting pitching with 
there's very few times that an entire five-man rotation will go through the entire season without any type of injury. Um, and I think the Brewers have been kind of fortunate in injuries in the last few seasons overall. Um, and so you really have to be prepared for those to pop up. And obviously we went into the season with Aaron Ashby as our sixth starter, which I think was nice for depth with his experience he got last year out of the bullpen and even in the playoffs. And then this year, I mean, now we're going to, we have Ethan small who's been doing great pitching with under, a, I think a 188 year at uh, AAA so far this year. And so he's going to get the call to make his major league debut, as we mentioned. And I think he's nice for, to have up for depth. The one thing you have to consider is a lot of times when, you know, the uh, rookies coming up to make their major league debut, sometimes in their first or second start, they have some success because hitters haven't seen them. But once they make some adjustments, usually these guys go through some growing pains from anywhere from like a half a dozen to a dozen starts uh, where, where they're really kind of having to find their legs, so to speak, or their, their arms, uh, no pun intended. But I mean, you really, um, a contending team ideally wouldn't want to go through or suffer through uh, breaking in a rookie with growing pains. And that's why you saw the Brewers as contenders over the last four plus years um, break in some of their rookie pitchers like Corbin Burns and like Aaron Ashby as examples out of the bullpen during their rookie seasons, just to give them that experience there and then stretch them back out, so to speak, going into the next seasons. I don't know that that'll be the plan with small or not. Um, but, um, he may just have a couple of spot starts here and there whenever possible, but we shall see what, what the plan is going forward. And obviously it'll all depend on the health of, uh, Woodruff's ankle and, but I think we will have to definitely cover. And I think obviously Aaron Ashby goes from the bullpen directly into Freddie Peralta's um, starting spot going forward. And I wouldn't say that he's necessarily over his growing pains as a pitcher, as a young pitcher. Obviously, sometimes those can be ups and downs for years before he really finds himself. If he is going to be a top flight starter, um, I, you know, there's still going to be some ups and downs even with Ashby, obviously. But I, I think that he's shown great ability as a starter and a great upside. And I think the Brewers really believe in him, just like they've believed in the early young stars that they brought up. So I think he, he's in here for a really good experience in the next couple of months, uh, filling in every fifth day um, going forward. So he's definitely going to be a valuable piece to this 2022 Brewers team. Um, all right, well, let's talk about a couple of other injuries. Well, first of all, let's go to some positive news. And Willie Damas, who's been injured, um, has been it's it's now been said that he's going to come back after at the start of the next homestand which starts this week thursday against the Padres. so he should be back in action things on a rehab start till then so he is going to be back with the team which will be a huge boost to the offense um obviously but as we mentioned before the brewers are very fortunate to have such versatility in their players like uh, Luis Urias, who's been filling in at shortstop without really missing a beat on the offensive side of the ball so that's, that's, that's nice. Um, and as we saw today, Jace Peterson then slides over to third and uh, really doing great uh, when he gets the opportunity. And Mike Purcell also as a other part of that third base platoon uh, here during the injury time has been doing fairly well too. So, I mean, obviously the way that this team was constructed and the versatility on the infield is really shining through right now. Um, so that must be back. That'll be a big, big boost coming this Thursday. However, Hunter Renfro, I haven't really heard he's still going to be out and he is on the aisle. So I'm not sure when he's coming back. I know that's just giving more everyday at bats to Tyrone Taylor, who again actually had a really hot streak. I think over, a, over something like a week, he, I think he had 12 RBIs over like seven games or something ridiculous. So 
he's obviously been huge. So all these guys have been stepping up, and uh, the Brewers haven't been missing a beat, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and Taylor Taylor looked really good in that series in St. Louis. He had another uh, nice game today. It just seems like he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, even some of the outs that he's made, I, I've kind of been impressed. He's, uh, you know, he's hitting the ball where it's pitched. He's uh, shown some good plate discipline. I, I've just been really impressed by Tyrone Taylor, especially in the last, you know, like you said, two two weeks maybe. Yeah, you could say uh, you would think this is probably the best two-week stretch of his career so far, his young career. But, um, yeah, he's really shown that uh, he's able to take it day-to-day as a center fielder on this team, which um, I was a little bit worried about. But, um, you know, obviously Kane, well, Kane had a nice game today as well. So Kane obviously playing in center. But uh, Taylor is obviously doing a really good job. He's come together. Um, I'm very happy with it because I actually thought he was one of the people on the team, I guess, on the roster going into this year that I thought we had an opportunity to upgrade um, in the center field or outfield position. And we didn't do that. We stuck with what we had and uh, it worked out pretty well. So good job. And I must- yeah, my biggest concern has been, you know, in the last few weeks has been, you know, Christian Yelich again. I, I think that we were all very excited after hit for the cycle but uh come back down to earth just a little bit as batting averages now i think at, at 241 and sky you could have your intern double check that but um i'm still hopeful you know he's still hitting the ball hard i think that um you know he's shown flashes of the old christian yelich so uh, it, it'll be kind of interesting to see if he's able to to kind of adapt um as you know he's seeing teams again now for the second time in some cases here as we enter june Yeah, and the thing he's definitely hitting the ball hard, but at the same time, like he's just not lifting it anymore. Um, it's almost like, like we're seeing the Marlins, like the younger uh, Christian Yelich, where you know he was always hitting the ball hard, but he was not getting the power numbers that um, that he was getting, you know, in his MVP period. I guess um, he just hasn't been able to lift the ball, which. You know, obviously, you're not going to be able to hit home runs by hitting ground balls through the right side. So, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, he gets it together, though. And the one thing that really still just makes him a valuable everyday player is, even though he has got, like you said, the the surprising lack of power is just not returning, and his launch angle is down, and all that stuff. I mean, he has shown the propensity to have a great still idea of the of the strike zone so he has been getting on base when he can and so even though his batting average is even down a bit i, I feel like that'll rebound and his on base percentage will stay strong even though the slugging the slugging is one part of his game that i'm not i just don't know if it'll return or not i'm not sure what the real reasoning for that is it could be the change in the baseball it could be the change in the fact that he's you know his back's not totally right for for that i'm not sure uh it could be a health thing it could just be a mental thing i don't know um, but I mean, with that being said, uh, you know, obviously he's not the Christian Yelich that uh, MVP Christian Yelich, but I think he's still a valuable player to have in, in our lineup every day. And I think at this point, the Brewer fans will, are, will be pretty satisfied with that moving forward. So yeah, um, coming up here, we've got, uh, four games against the Cubs, uh, actually a split day night double header tomorrow on Memorial day. And then it's a, very odd eight game week this week. Cause then with the double header, we actually then have four games at home against the Padres uh, who we also just played. So 
um, it'll be a big week here for the, for the Brewers as we enter June. Um, obviously, I think the Brewer, everything that's played out so far this season, I think has pretty much been what we as the Brewer Review and baseball people are like kind of prognosticated. And that's the Brewers being the strongest team in the division, being, you know, the Cardinals being a somewhat close second. And then the rest of the teams are, you know, definitely further back and definitely not playoff contender. So it really feels like it's going to be that two horse race. And that's why these head to head matchups are pretty big. And unfortunately we've split the season series with the Cardinals so far. Um, and hopefully we can, we can end up winning that series overall. Um, but uh, yeah, there's going to be, just speaking of overall schedule, it is going to get tougher for the Brewers. I feel like the first two months of the season is a little bit lighter schedule for the Brewers. Uh, I mean, a lot of games, the Cubs and the Pirates and Nationals, teams like that. That So I think that some t- stuff, tough stretches are coming ahead. I know we play the Blue Jays in June and some other really tough teams. Um, so I, I guess, do you feel that the Brewers are going to struggle a little bit more once the, or, or do you feel that, the team will be starting to gel together a little bit more also going forward. I I'm not really that concerned uh, about the toughness of the schedule. I don't think that they are either. I don't think the teams really um, think about it as much as we do as fans. I think that they just show up and play every day pretty much. And, and they're going to play hard and um, every single day. So I, I tend to think that, the, that this team has kind of shown a, an ability to step up when needed, um, you know, against different types of opponents. And I think we just saw that on this, on this road trip, um, you know, a, a lot of teams in Brewers past would have folded uh, the incident that they land in California, it seems like on our West coast road trip. I, I like that this team is, you know, again, played some, some, you know, good teams very competitively. So no, I don't, I don't think this team is going to be scared. In addition, this is a team now that's got a lot of postseason experience over the last few years. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate that we've been, in the postseason, you know, 2018 until uh, through last season. So this is not a team that's, you know, necessarily shy about playing big games or, or good teams. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I don't know. I guess I'm not too worried about the schedule. I mean, obviously the schedule is going to get a little bit harder, but um, I, I still think up to this point, I think we've had just about the easiest schedule in the league. So um it's a little bit of a cause for concern, but at the same time, like the way this, the way this roster is built, the way this team is like, I just, um, I don't see them getting in any kind of like a prolonged losing streak or anything like that. Like this team is just too good. Um, I think that, well, unfortunately we're not going to be able to hit with everyone, especially teams like the blue Jays, but, um, Overall, we can play with anyone because we do still have that dominant pitching, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, I agree with you guys saying that. I don't think CS going on any long losing streaks just because of, of our awesome top of the rotation pitching and our dominant back of the bullpen. I mean, Josh Hader has been putting up historically good numbers. In fact, I think that was he have 16 saves now and he still hasn't given up a run, which is a major league record. I think all of his appearances, he's saved games so far. Um, and obviously Devin Williams, we should mention, um, I guess at this point, and Brewer fans have probably already heard or read about this, that Josh Hader had to be away from the game a few days earlier in this particular week uh, because of complications in his wife's pregnancy. So we obviously wish them uh, the best going forward with that. Um, but in his absence, his kind of short-term app, app absence it was while the brewers were in san diego for the three game series against the padres and devin williams pitched all three of those games 
and pitched pretty pretty phenomenally actually and picked up a couple of saves. Um, obviously, that shows just how good Williams is, and the Brewers uh, having that one-two punch is really really valuable. Uh, and some teams don't even have one pitcher. Uh, most teams, I should say, don't have even one pitcher of the caliber of either of those two guys. So, I, I guess what what surprise did anything surprise you, uh, either of you about uh, Devin Williams actually being used three three games in a row, or if that's something that the Brewers are going to be able to to do as a bullpen going forward? I mean, what options did we have? I guess when Hader was out, in some ways he was the only guy that could really step up into that role. I suppose it could have been, you know, Boxberger, but. Uh, I, I think that, you know, the team definitely more confident with Devin Williams out there. Um, just looking through some of the numbers that Scott's interns have provided, it looks like uh, 33 strikeouts on the year for Williams compared to 11 walks. That's, that's the number that stands out to me. Um, those are exciting numbers to, to look at. Yeah, it's really important that he stepped up too. then, obviously, without Hayner being there. And, yeah, to be able to um, – to pitch all three games, I don't think that's the way the Brewers wanted it to go, but it's kind of the way it had to go. But at the same time, um, you know, the Brewers have still, like, not used uh, Hayter, their closer, in any kind of, like, non-save situation. Um, they're not really bringing him in early. So um, it was interesting when we played the Cardinals that they were bringing their closer when they were down by one um, and they were at home. And uh, I just thought, ah, Really wish that we could uh, get a little bit more out of Hater. That was a little bit, um, a little bit disappointing for me. But um, at the same time, you know the Cardinals are a little bit more of a desperate team because they're not at the top of the division like us. So I get it. They had to, you know, maybe do a little bit more to try to get there. Yeah, and uh, obviously, I think. It's we, we keep going over this, but Josh Hader, even though Williams' presence in there, I think most Burr fans have thought, well, you know, we could go ahead and trade Hader and not lose a beef with Williams, their closer. So why not do that when we can replenish our entire farm system, most likely, or even get a nice hitter at the major league level to improve this team? But as contenders, that one two punch in the back end of the open is super valuable when you can. I mean, if you're a team playing the Brewers and if you don't score, get the lead or at least tie up the game by the eighth inning, I don't think that you're, as a fan of the opposing team, has got much confidence at all that they're going to be able to escape with a win. I mean, obviously these guys are, I mean, and obviously Williams has had a little bit of uh, walk problem, I guess we'll call it that, a little bit of control problem earlier on this season, but I think he's kind of finally um, cleared that up. And I, I really think that you really can't get to the back of the Brewers bullpen very easily. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And especially when coupled with the strikeout numbers that I mentioned earlier, I, you know, I think that he kind of makes up for some of that. And again, um, as you mentioned, Craig, I think, I think some of those bad numbers were inflated by, I think, two really bad outings that Williams had and they get balanced out by the majority of his, his innings, which are very good. So I, you know, certainly am, am thankful to have Devin Williams back there and quite frankly, after, you know, what happened at the end of the season in 2021 in St. Louis with Devin, I think that, uh, you know, he probably wouldn't be around anymore, quite frankly, with this team if, if he didn't have an incredible uh, set of, uh, of valuable skill set. Um, he obviously provides a lot of depth at the back end of the bullpen, and um, I think the Brewers recognize that and are using him appropriately. I'm kind of glad you bring that up because, I was just thinking, like, the way our season ended last year and the way it ended the year before, 
Um, uh, I, I was half expecting uh, Williams to get Grishamed out of here after uh, after right. the, you know obviously right. breaking breaking his hand and coming out like what you can't think of a worse way to let your team down unfortunately just by getting mad and I know wow I, mean, I, I don't know so but that but that speaks I, to his value right Scott I mean today because we still have him and use him in this high leverage situation so obviously the team still has a lot of confidence in Devin Williams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think if they could have gotten even equal value for him, I think that may have sent a message. But um, at the same time, like, I'm not saying like, hey, we should we should have traded Williams. Not at all. But um, I just think, yeah, he's so valuable. And um, he's it's harder to play a bullpen arm that is that good, simply put. Yep. Agreed. And, and then again, we did when we did trade Grisham, we at least got an ace for him and Eric Lauer. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah, a, and a very versatile, one of our better hitters and fielders and most versatile players in Louis Arias. Too. Heck yeah. Well, I Louis think we Arias hands down, I mean, who knows what will happen in the future, but I think we hands down won that trade. And and just, I guess, in defense. Even, even Eric Yardley, Craig, even Eric Yardley, at least in 2020, he had quite a bit of value. I mean, he's gone now, but um, he actually pitched well for us that, you know, shortened season. Yeah. So, I mean, to to me, yeah, we definitely want that trade. And in the Brewers' front office defense, I I know it's kind of like the the cool thing to say that uh, we traded Grisham right after he made that, I guess, mortal error um, in the wild card game, which kind of cost us the wild card game. But I really, honestly, don't think that play had any factor in him being traded whatsoever. I mean. I, I think I think that they may have been willing to or looking to trade him high anyway, and there may have been the, those players like that they were they were already targeting the San Diego Padres organization before that offseason even hit. You know, you just don't know. But I really don't think that had much of a factor in, in the actual trade. But but obviously when you did a boneheaded thing like Devin Williams did last year, I, I think that maybe even holds a little bit more weight on considering trading a player just because it really shows kind of part of their character more so than an on the field incident uh like Grisham had or whatever. So, yeah, of course. Of course. So, so obviously yeah. um but with that being said, he's young and young people sometimes do stupid things, especially when alcohol is involved. And it's just, I mean, that doesn't excuse it away at all or anything, but I, I, it seems like something that you just learn from uh, as a young player and, and move on. And uh, yeah, Devin Williams, I think, you know, will be a big part of this Brewer team going forward and hopefully bring a world series to Milwaukee. That'd be awesome. So, all right. Well, yeah, it's kind of, we or Craig, we saw you with that Bon Jovi concert with you know decisions with alcohol back in '05 or so. I definitely agree on your assessment. Yeah, that's right. I was much younger there. <laughs> uh, I did. I did make the mistake. I didn't make the mistake of punching a wall or a Baruch though. So I mean, everything went. <laughs> So, and of course, our, our our anonymous source TC was there to help break it up. So that was awesome. Thank you, Tom, for that. That's what he. That's, that's what he does. Appreciate that. <laughs> hey guys, but, really, really quick, I just have to mention one thing before we sign off here and thank our uh, listeners. Uh, Corbin Burns re- recorded his 500th uh, career strikeout today uh, in today's masterful game against the Cardinals. So I think we should say congrats to him. But I wanted to ask the two of you. Uh, do you think that Corbin Burns, who is in his what fourth season in the big leagues, we'll have to have your interns look it up. 
He's uh, already at 500 strikeouts. Do you think he's got any chance to knock out uh, Giovanni Giardo's uh, franchise record? 1,226 strikeouts for Giardo, by the way. I think I think it's very possible. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do. I do as well. Giardo was in Milwaukee for eight seasons, so I guess it it depends on how long Corbin's here, of course. But yeah, but I'm gonna feel a lot more confident after he signs that. Yeah, and if (laughs) yeah, and that you know, so we're talking five seasons worth of games now. One of those seasons being very short, uh, 2020. So yeah, um, quite impressive. Yeah, one person that probably will not break Giovanni's strikeout record is Brett Anderson, but um, it makes me wonder if, um, you know, he is still a free agent. It makes me wonder if um, either if uh, our starting rotation has any kind of struggles or if we're just looking for another death piece, if we're going to maybe reach back out to him. He's obviously had uh, some successful time here with the Brewers before, so... Know that Craig would love to see it. Know that Craig would love to see it. And uh, maybe Wade Miley is available via trade from the Cubs as well when he gets healthy. And uh, Jordan Lyles is is still around, I think, too. So, yeah. That's right. Jordan Lyles. Isn't he with the Orioles? Yeah, he's with Baltimore. He's got a – yeah, he's pitched uh, in 10 games this year. Posted a 4.26 ERA. So, yeah, it, it is definitely possible. All right, so coming up this week, let's make our predictions. Four games at Wrigley in three days, and then four games at Miller, or sorry, at MFAM Field against Padres. So eight-game week. What record do you feel the Brewers will have? Scott, Scott do you want to start off? Ooh. Um, I'm just going to say four and four. Um, I don't know. Doubleheaders are tough to sweep. If I think if we had an extra mm-hmm. day, maybe I would change it, but I'm going to stick with four and four. Yeah, my buddy Vikram says eight and zero. I like his confidence. I think I'm going to go with five and three, though. Uh, we'll say yeah, five and three. Crazy week, eight, eight days or uh, eight games, I should say, in seven days. It's wild. I'm going to go on the. I'm going to stay on the optimistic track here and pick five and three for the Brewers uh, this week too. Um, I feel like we're superior both the teams, so I think five and three is my call. Excellent. All right. Sounds great, guys. All right. Well, that's, that wraps up for the week. Thanks for joining in, listeners. And remember to stay classy, Wisconsin, and go Brewers. Go Brewers, guys. Do, 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 do.